0: it's welcome to this week's edition of the sports huddle a leeds hospital radio sport production broadcasting not only to the leeds hospitals but also across tinternet so wherever you might be listening in the world hello thank you for listening and in the next half hour or so we'll do our best to keep you entertained as we dissect the weird and wonderful world of sport not only here in Yorkshire but across the globe my name is Stuart Taylor and I'm a standing this week as presenter for the uh, inimitable Ian Marsden who unfortunately can't be here this week if you're a regular listener you'll know that uh, Ian uh, shares this discussion with uh, with a aplomb so I'll do my best uh, to uh, keep up the uh, the good work uh, but um, I've got two colleagues who are going to help me through this uh, next half hour or so uh, Bernard Thornton and Jim Walker hi both Hello. Yeah, good. So what we'll do is, um, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about, uh, our local football, uh, league teams. I can say that now, actually, with, uh, we don't have Premier League representative anymore, but, uh, our EFL, t- our local EFL teams here in Yorkshire. We're going to chat through those as, uh, as, uh, league football hostilities resume this weekend after, uh, the, uh, Uh, The international break. Um, I certainly want to talk about the uh, the Rugby World Cup that which got underway uh, last weekend in France, and and, in in some instances spectacularly. Um, Hopefully, we'll get a chance to talk about uh, Yorkshire's uh, Yorkshire County Cricket Club and the latest game against Glamorgan, if you can stay awake for that. we might touch briefly on rhinos and then we'll finish as we always do with sporting moment of the week. Right. Let's crack on. So, uh, Jim, um, as I said, the football league hostilities resume this weekend. Uh, let's have a look at the championship first. Of course, the, the big game this weekend is at Deepdale, Uh, the, uh, the theater of shattered dreams as, uh, Preston North end, the championship leaders, uh, take on Plymouth Argyle. But, um, we're not going to talk about that. Let's talk first about Leeds, who um, who have a 12 noon kickoff on Sunday at Millwall. That's tasty, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. I I, I remember being on holiday reading a book written by the most unlikely pair imaginable, Danny Baker and Gary Lineker. And this oh, book, gosh. if ever you get a chance to read it, is an absolute hoot because apparently they used to do a podcast together. And uh, part of Danny Baker's uh, interjection into this book was to point out that he wasn't at all as erudite as Gary Lineker um, and to re- to uh, to replay matches at Millwall um, and the behavior of the spectators. And I would Ooh. think if there's one game that nobody looks forward to going <laughs> to, it must be Millwall away. And it, it must almost be on a par with Luton away, I think. But I, I think Millwall sounds a lot worse. Um, so um, this is Leeds's delight and joy um, on, uh, on Sunday. Um, and um, just to, before I talk about that, of course, just to point out, Stuart, that by the time you kick off on Saturday, uh, you probably won't be top of the championship because there's a certain match taking place on Friday night between Southampton and the mighty Leicester City. Um, but uh, we'll leave that aside. Um, so Leeds on Sunday. Um, and I think for Leeds, the season starts here because they've now got over the transfer window. Um They've had the international break. Yes, OK, Ampadu has been playing for Wales. Um, but the manager should have had chance over this fortnight to have got quite a lot of the squad um, tuned in, signed on. And actually, now beginning to think about the team that he wants to put out. Now, I don't know whether Nanto has been playing for Italy. I didn't check because um, he had been told he wouldn't get picked if he wasn't in the Premiership. But I don't know whether the manager has relented on that. Um, but um, um, but Leeds now should be in a position, as far as I'm concerned, to kick on a bit. They've I think they've recruited quite well. Um, I was a bit surprised to see Greenwood move on to middlesbrough, I must admit, but um uh he should have the makings now of a of a team um i don't know how close uh Cooper is to being fit and able to resume because he's the obvious one that's been that's been missing um but um i think they've they as i say they've 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 recruited well they've strengthened well, and now they need to start to Kick on. Now, I must admit, Millwall away isn't your ideal place to start to kick on. You may, you may get kicked off, but you might, um, um, but kicking on might be a slightly problematic. Both teams, very similar score, similar positions. Millwall played five, got seven. Leeds played five, got six. Twelve playing fifteen. Feels like a draw to me, but, um, I think it will be interesting to see um, Where the leads begin to look at a more coherent unit, um, and they they've they've sorted out the defence, um, and that they can really sort of get the right sort of service to the the new centre forward that they've acquired, who I think looks as if he will put the ball in the goal if the ball is given to him in a a goal scoring position. I think they were unlucky in the Sheffield Wednesday game. They haven't had a lot of chances. They didn't put the ball in the goal. And if you don't put the ball in the goal, we all know what happens. And it was a, a fairly drab nil-nil in the end. So, um, I'm quite optimistic for Leeds now. Um, I think that they, uh, um, they've, they've recruited well. I think they've got a good manager, uh, and I think they've got a chance now, uh, to start to get some consistency going. Um, and I expect to see them um, begin to move move up the table. Whether that will be on Sunday, I don't know, because Millwall's a, a difficult assignment at the best of times. But um, nevertheless, uh, I think now um, the supporters should be optimistic.
0: Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a, a tough old game, uh, as you, you quite right as it always is. Uh, I, I recall going to the New Den as a Preston fan uh, some years ago, when we were living down south got there at five to three the away ended closed so I had to sit amongst the uh, the Millwall fans, which I have to tell you was an experience. Uh, particularly it was a great experience. It was all right when Millwall scored first, but when North End scored twice in a minute or two minutes to go two one up, that was really tricky. I have to tell you. <laughs> so, but uh, I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll expand on that some other time. But have they to
2: identified out. you, Stuart? Uh, did you uh, release your uh, loyalties to anybody?
0: I didn't I didn't utter a single word for the whole 90 minutes. I just sat on my hands. I was hoping that nobody would ask me the time. <laughs> Cuz that's the normal way that they find out where you're from. Um and it was uh, it was some experience but uh, yeah uh, yeah later. Yeah. Um we lost 3-2 in the end so all was fine. <laughs> um yeah Nanto, actually Jim you you mentioned uh, he did actually um he, he was on the bench uh, on on both of Italy's uh, euro qualifiers uh in the last couple of weeks, in the last few days uh the first game which they drew away to north macedonia which is a great result for england actually uh he got on he got on after 82 minutes and uh, uh they beat ukraine 2-1 yeah. Uh, which they needed to. Uh, and I think Nanta was a 58th minute substitute. But uh, you mentioned the centre forward there, Joel Pero, Pirro, uh, who they bought from Swansea. I think that's a great signing. Mm. Um, you know, he's got a, a, a lot of girls for Swansea last season. He looks a decent sort. Uh, he looked to have co- caught the Ellen Road disease against Sheffield Wednesday when you he had a chance about uh, just inside the box and you thought he he, he was bound to bury that but uh, uh, put it wide of the post. But uh, I think with him and um, you know Ruta, the the uh, the, the, the young French. Guy, uh, I think he divides opinion, but he looks a decent player to me. He looks as though he's got a touch. I think physically he might have might have to uh, work a bit, but uh, I think he could be quite influential during the course of the season. Of course, they got Patrick Banford to come back, so. Um so yeah I, I think you're right uh, Jim I think um you know there's there's a lot of cause for optimism uh, amongst the uh, the Leeds fan base um they seem to have got serious investors now who are keen to take the forward the the, the club forward long term on a sensible business footing and I agree entirely with you I, I, I don't think they could have made a better selection as manager than Daniel Farker, who of course has got you know got with with taking uh, Norwich through to the Premier League on at least two occasions, I think another I came straight back down. But uh, he, he knows how to get the team uh, get a team up to the Premier League. So we'll we'll see what happens. So that's Leeds for you. Uh, I wouldn't be too confident, uh, uh, Jim, that uh, your uh, beloved Leicester City are going to be sitting on top of the table by the time that uh, Huddersfield and Preston kick off on on Saturday afternoon. But we shall see. Um, but, um, Bernard, lifelong Huddersfield Town fan. Now then, I saw Norwich City absolutely hammer Huddersfield, um, uh, sort of the, the, the game before the, uh, the international break at, uh, at the John Smiths. Uh, they were mightily impressive. Beating Town 4-1. It could have been a different story, I guess, if uh, Town had, had taken a chance or two early on in the game. But they looked really good. And then what did they do the next game? They went and lost at Rotherham. Um, and Town's opponents at the John Smiths on Saturday, of course, are Rotherham. It's a 21st-20th clash. Is this too early to call this the earliest six-pointer in the history of championship football. (laughs) You can call it what you like, Stuart.
2: (laughs) Well, I I will tell you this. Uh, Two weeks ago, I was sat in this podcast and we were talking about Huddersfield's chances at West Bromwich Albion, having just come away from that. It can only be described as a hammering by Norwich. Uh, yeah, yeah, You're right, they did miss some chances early on, but uh, Norwich were by far the better side. And that was a worrying game because uh, up to then, although they'd only got one point from three games, Buttersfield had played pretty well in the previous three games, by all accounts. I've, um, I've been really yeah. pretty, I haven't seen uh, uh, anything other mm. than the highlights. But I think there was cause for optimism, but that was dented a little bit by that Norwich game because they really were outclassed by all accounts. So when um, when I was asked for my views on Huddersfield's prospects at West Bromwich Albion, my view was uh, that well not will pack <laughs> the bus, he will it uh, will just uh, p- pick a side to come away with a point, and given a fair win and a lot of luck, um, some gaffes by West Brom strikers and possibly some brilliant saves by Nichols, they might just get away with a point. And what they, they do, of course, they went down to the Hawthorns, played extremely well and came away with a 2-1 yep. win with a goal in the sixth minute of injury time. So yep. um, that seems to have been a really good performance. And I think it just it highlights not just Huddersfield Towns' uh, inconsistencies, but exactly the same within the championship itself. You mentioned Norwich and the fact that after that super performance, they went to Rotherham and lost. Which um I think you've uh, uh, you've got very long odds against that happening. So uh, who knows what's going to happen? Um Yes, we've got Rotherham at home on Saturday, and following that, uh, Stoke City on Wednesday. And uh, Leeds Hospital Radio Sport will be at both those games. So I'm not sure who's covering the Rotherham game, but I shall be at Stoke next Wednesday, and I shall be. Um, it will be my first game at the john smith's this season and i'm really looking forward to seeing them in action um
0: excellent
2: so in, in terms of what's been happening well yeah five games four points from those five games and i've got to say it was a tough start to the season so i i, I think uh, if you speak to most other fans they probably have accepted four points from those five games even though that might sound rather uh, under ambitious but um, they've got to the point now where they are playing sides who they would be expected to take points from, starting with Rotherham on Saturday. And again, with Rotherham, you never quite know what you're going to get. Their away record is appalling. They, it's I think it's about 12 months since they've won a game away from home. So uh, what better time from their point of view to start on Saturday? Um, exactly. I'm not predicting what's going to happen. Um I I think Buddhist <laughs> do have enough to keep away from that relegation area. And I think uh, after Norwich it does seem to me that Warnock has got them together and give them a bit of a collective bollocking for uh, uh for, for that performance and um it did the trick against the baggies. Um so I think they've got enough to stay out of that zone. Whether it'll happen or not is another matter. Um I just wanna add one final point. Uh, the uh, in terms of the manpower, the the um, recruitment during the close season was rather underwhelming. I think as far as Huddersfield fans were concerned, and uh, we're now talking about three uh, agents that are available. Well, there's one that's been talked about quite a bit. That's Junior Hoylett, who was released by Reading uh, uh, during the close season. He's actually been training with Huddersfield Town, but uh, it's been announced today that he's uh-huh. decided to sign for Vancouver Whitecaps. And uh, the oh. reason he me was that he doesn't want relegation on his CV twice. Well, that's kind oh. <laughs> <laughs> So, goodbye, Mr. style. Thank you for your good wishes. And, um, yeah, yeah let's press on and see how good a spell get on on Saturday against Yeah.
0: <laughs> just very quickly, Bernard, I just want to pick you on one thing. Uh, I mean, after that, um, uh, drubbing at home to uh, Norwich City, I say, which I witnessed, and it really was. It was four uh, 0 beating uh, to, uh, against the Canaries. The new Huddersfield Town owner, the American owner, uh, put out a tweet, didn't he? That uh, that was a total drubbing by Norwich City, unacceptable. Town supporters deserve better. I believe the squad is better than this. Um now then how do you think neil warnock well we can only we can only guess how neil warnock what, what he read into that but um is, is neil warnock still going to be at town by christmas i think well that's question. a very good
2: question and uh I, th- I think i've touched on that again uh in in these previous uh, uh, discussions okay. um he's been signed up for a 12-month period and the he, he's, yeah. got, he's got two objectives there one is to avoid religion and two is to provide some sort of continuity whilst the new owners, the new MD, the new football director, everybody else get their feet under the table and decide where they're gonna go. So um, uh, he he certainly won't do more than a year. Um, And I'm saying this without any knowledge at all, I'm uh, an outsider as far as what goes on at Huddersfield Town are concerned, but uh, just looking at Warnock's track record and um, the fact that he's 74 for goodness sake, if he's still there by Christmas, uh, or, or let, let me put it the other way, if if he's not there at Christmas, I will not be surprised. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it depends how things go. I, I think you're, you're right to pick up on that point about Kevin Nagel, the new owner, uh, and his, his tweets. He does like a tweet or, or an ex as we should call it now. <laughs> Um, and yes, of he's, course. he's not frightened yes. of speaking his mind and, uh, that isn't going no. to find favour in all camps. He's probably not great for morale, actually. He probably shouldn't be saying things like that, but he's an American and he'll yeah. say what he likes. So, um, yeah, yeah it's, um, yeah. I think it did get one up to back up, and, but maybe that wasn't a bad thing given the result that they got at the Hawthorne.
0: No, tr- 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 true enough, true enough. I, I would love to have been a fly on the wall when uh, Neil Warnock and Ronnie Jepson read that, I have to say, but, <laughs> uh, but there we go. <laughs> We can understand, we can, we can quite imagine what their reaction would have been. Okay. Uh, so w- th- that's great, Bernie. Uh, uh, Jim, thank you very much for that, for your contributions. I-, I think we've probably done local football. Uh, however, what I must mention is that, um, we've got a, um, West Yorkshire, North Yorkshire derby, uh, on, on Saturday. I don't quite know what you call it. Um, the, the, I haven't got a name for it yet. I know that, uh, Preston versus Blackpool is the M55 derby. Of course it is. Um, but um uh, whatever it is, it's Bradford City against Harrogate Town on uh, on, on Saturday afternoon, and uh, uh, we we look forward to seeing that. We're not covering that because, as Bernie said, uh, if you if you are uh, listening to this in Leeds hospitals and you're unfortunate to still be in hospital uh, come Saturday, then. Uh, we will be broadcasting live from the John Smith Stadium at uh, on, on Saturday afternoon to cover. You'll have full match commentary of, uh, of Huddersfield Town uh, versus Rotherham, and then uh, on the on the Tuesday or the Wednesday evening. Is it Tuesday or Wednesday, Bernie? It's Wednesday. Stoke. Mm-hmm. Wednesday evening, Huddersfield Town versus Stoke City. So we won't be reporting from Bradford City versus Harrogate Town, but I'm sure in uh, next week's sports huddle we will have something to say about it. Right, that's football done. We should now move on. Uh, because a global event started last weekend, um, namely the Rugby World Cup, um, that is the union version, of course for for those uh, league followers who are, are listening to us. but um, um, the majority of the teams got their first taste of action last weekend, not everybody, um, but all the home nations uh, were involved. Ireland thrashed Romania by 82 points to eight. Um, Scotland went down in the group of death, as they call it, to South Africa by 18 points to three. Uh, England ground out a victory against Argentina by 27 points to 10, despite having a man sent off after two minutes. And Wales scraped a victory against uh, Fiji, courtesy of uh uh, the Fiji outside centre dropping the ball with a line at his mercy with, uh, with, uh, with seconds to go. So Wales won that by 32 points to 26. So Jim, uh, you, you love your rugby union. Um, it, it, as I say it all got underway last weekend. It got underway last Friday evening, of course, with that fantastic, uh, event at the Stade de France as, uh, as the hosts. And one of the favourites for the tournament, uh, France uh, put New Zealand, the All Blacks, to the sword by twenty-seven points to thirteen. Uh, but your thoughts so far about the tournament?
1: Um, I think my initial thoughts are: I was glad that there were a lot of decent quality matches first up, because I think that yeah. as 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 energised people, because this is a long event. I mean, the final takes doesn't take place until october the 28th i mean that is a long time away so you can imagine if the, if they had got off with a few sort of boring games at the start then and people's minds would have drifted else drifted elsewhere um and i think from the home nation's point of view um the fact that england did so well i think has energized enthusiasm here because Certainly the ITV who were covering this competition must have been absolutely worried sick with England's performances over the summer, wondering whether they had actually signed on for something which nobody was going to watch and everybody was going to turn over to the BBC. But I think now um, people are pretty well interested in what's what's happening. Um, I thought England were absolutely terrific. Um, I thought the way they played was was spot on and... I think all credit to Kevin Sinfield for the defence. And I was interested to see that Kevin Sinfield was not in his normal position, sat next to Steve Borthwick in the stand. He was um, down on the touchline. Um, and I think that was quite a good move. Um, and also all credit to Alan Walters, who is the fitness and uh, the performance coach. Um, and I read an article this week about him sort of cuz he joined quite late cuz he was one of the Leicester recruits um and he joined quite late um and he, what he said was that um he had to get them up to a state of fitness and readiness in 11 weeks when normally he would have had 3 or 4 years to get people to this situation um and I think what and what he said was we didn't aim to peak in the summer we aimed to peak for this tournament and I think that showed uh, in the first match as well. So, all um, credit to England. Um, I thought South Africa looked mightily powerful against Scotland. I thought Scotland played well, but I thought the quality of the South African forwards um, looked absolutely fearsome. Um, and the three replacement front rowers that came on—my word, these guys are these guys are big and these guys are powerful—and um, I think they're going to take some stopping. France um, got off to a perfect start for them. Um, pleased for that in some ways. The All Blacks did their normal trick of playing um, like um, uh, maniacs for 70 minutes, but they always tail off a bit in the last 10. So if you're within striking distance of the All Blacks within the last 10 minutes, quite often you will find that they 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 can't play at the the same level of intensity. Um, that was obviously a cracking game to get. To get the whole competition started, um, Ireland racked up a big score, um, but they haven't yet played anybody of of, of note. Uh, and in their case, the the big game that they've got is against Scotland on October the October the seventh, because I think almost certainly um, that is going to decide who finishes second in the group. Because I expect South Africa to win that group. But they've got to play Ireland, of course, and that will be an absolute cracker, um, of, um, of a game, um, when it takes place, um, when does it take place? I'm just looking at my, uh, um, my fixture. Oh, there we go. September the 23rd, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. September the 23rd. Um, that's how will decide, decide that group. Australia won a match, get themselves um um as they always do in competition, they always uh sort of raise a game. Um the big talking point of course was the sending off of curry and the non sending off of the South African chap who demolished um the um, the Scottish uh, uh player in what looked to me to be a much worse incident than the curry one. Um uh so that's going to be a talking point, um, and I hope the competition isn't decided on those talking points, and it's decided by the play on the field. but I thought uh, I thought for a first weekend it looked good this weekend's matches is yeah. a bit more on, on paper one sided' um, be interesting to see how England go against Japan. There'll be a totally different style of opposition to Argentina. Um, they certainly won't be wanting to play in the forwards, uh, and that will be a challenge for England. Because I don't think, uh, that if the ball starts getting thrown around the backs, that that's England's strength. But, uh, but we will see. So enjoy the first weekend. Um, looking forward to some more. Um, and, um, good luck to the home nations who all performed, I thought, very well.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Jim. That's a, that's a great uh, summary, I think, of, of the first weekend. A couple of points. Um, uh, interesting for me well I, I, we, we've now seen that um, England's defence seems to be in good shape it now remains to be seen um, how they do um, to the side of the game which is um, you know, getting over the try line because I, I don't think they got within about Ten yards, actually, or ten meters, should I say, of mm. the Argent Argentinian line. But uh, uh, but uh, I think it was you know it was a needs must game, and they grounded out, and they won comfortably in the end. Uh, you referred to Kevin S- Sinfield, the defence coach. Uh, uh, interestingly, he was wearing, he was a water carrier, wasn't he? He had a he had yeah. a water
1: yeah, carrier bib was, on, so that, he was getting that, out on the
0: field. Um,
1: that just getting uh, uh, on the pitch, past get, the getting getting get out on the field, in, and pa- which is a much
0: more structure yeah so I thought that was really clever um it's a long old tournament isn't it and and uh you know it's a it's a it's a war of attrition really and i, I saw today that er, early on today we're recording on Thursday evening and uh, South Africa have lost their hooker already he's out for the tournaments and uh yeah, he's Damn. one of the best best hookers in the world and uh they've got a replacement hooker but only one replacement hooker, and they're already um I think one of their props and one of their back rows in training is, um, you know, practicing hooking duties as, as a backup yeah, right. to what will now be the, the backup hooker. So, you know, injuries are, are bound to have a an impact as a Scottish player who's uh, had to go home because apparently he slipped on the hotel steps and sustained a con- concussion and he's now what? out of the, out of what? the squad. You know, a terrible thing to happen. Um, just one thing, Jim, um, I, I, Hear what you say about Ireland, Scotland being, um, you know, the key game. I just watch out for Tonga in, in, um, in that group. They've got, um, what have they got? They've got, uh, they've got five former All Blacks, um, in, in the side as a, as a, as a, as a um, as a result of the change in, um, qualification rules. Um so they've now got, so they've got five former all blocks in the side. So, and, and Ireland played Tonga this Saturday. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Uh, Bernie, very quickly, um, early thoughts? You know, um, you're, well, you're, not, you're not a massive rugby union man, but, uh. No, I've, I've seen a
2: little bit. I saw a bit of the, the France-New Zealand game, which was very entertaining. And, uh, I saw the Wales-Fiji match, which was uh, even more so. Um, I, I sat down and looked at the results and I thought, what have we learnt from this first round of matches? And my answer was not very much. Uh, we, we've certainly mm-hmm. learned that France are a good side. New Zealand, uh, they, they, they came off second best, obviously, in this game against France. But it wouldn't surprise me at all if they win the rest of the games in the group and become one of the strongest sides going into the knockout stages. They're, they're, they're too good to be just fall by the wayside. Um, South Africa, yeah, played uh, uh, as well as everybody expected. They are the tournament favourites. I wasn't aware of the situation with the hooker. That's, uh, that'd be very worrying for them. But uh, nevertheless, they will be very, very strong still. Uh, What have we learnt from Ireland 82, Romania 8, nothing, I'd suggest. And, um, yeah, England obviously did play very well against the Argentina side and, um, uh, it, it, I'll say no more than uh, it'll give them confidence to, uh, in, in going forward through, for the rest of the group games, which, uh, as you say, starts with um, uh, Japan on Sunday. So, um, yeah, it, all, all good for England. Um, the Wales-Fiji game was an absolute belter to watch. Uh, I just almost picked it at random, really, because it was, uh, I had a bit of time to spare. And um, it was great to watch. There was an awful lot of, um, uh, there's an enthusiasm for, for, for the Welsh. I, I was a bit surprised by this, actually, because um, you, you, I thought, well, you'd expect Wales to beat Fiji, despite the fact that Fiji had beaten England, I didn't know that. But um, what, what I didn't realise was that uh, in the world rankings, Wales are eight and Fiji nine, so they're, they're, they're pretty much on a par mm. in, in terms of expectations. Yeah. So um, yeah, I don't think we've learned an awful lot from it, but uh, I agree with Jim. Some some really good uh, good stuff to watch. And uh, yeah, the second round, clearly uh, the, uh, the the lower countries are going to come in and probably get terrible beatings. But uh, it does set it up nicely, and uh, I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, great. That's that's great, Bernie. And I think you're right. I think Wales, Fiji certainly was the game of the weekend. It was the the tightest in many respects. And it, you, you, again, it, it, you're right. In that it was almost one of those random games. It's like in the football World Cup, you always get, you know, a random game on a Tuesday afternoon when you nothing else to to, to watch, and suddenly you know you sit down and watch. I don't know uh, Denmark against. Iceland, whatever it is, and suddenly it turns out to be an absolute cracker. Uh, but that mm-hmm. that really was, and I'll say, I, 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 it was quite unfortunate, I think, that the Fiji centre dropped the ball when uh, with the Wales line at his mercy. But um, it was good to see Wales get in the uh, the rub of the green. Uh, On on this occasion, and uh, I think that'll do them a world of good as they uh, look to progress in the tournament. Well, that's fantastic, guys. Thank you very much for that. Um, We're a little bit pressed for time, um, so I'll I'll just briefly mention Lee's Lee's Rhinos, if I must. they got absolutely hammered by Wigan Warriors at Headingley last week, weekend by 50 points to nil. And that probably just about sums up Leeds-Rhinos' season. Um, uh, no, no chance now of uh, making the playoffs at the end of the season. They've got two games left. They're, way, they're away in the south of France this weekend against Catalan's. Uh, Catalans, of course, who are playing for the leaders' shield uh, currently, although it looks as though Wigan will pit them to that. And then they've, they've got a final home game against uh, Castleford uh, next weekend. You would expect Castleford by that stage to have secured their Super League uh, uh, safety at the expense of their near neighbours. And very sadly, Wakefield Trinity, who look as though they're about to, uh, or Wakefield Wildcats, I suppose we should say now, they look about to uh, they look as though they're going to drop into the championship. But uh, it's been a really disappointing season, I have to say, for these Rhinos. And, um, you know, uh, I, I've said before on this podcast that uh, the best I can say about Rhinos this season is that uh, they've only been consistent in their inconsistency. I think what worries me a little bit more is they just seem to have lost their identity. And uh, I think that's the issue that... Um, Chief exec uh Gary Hetherington and Coach Um Smith really need to think about over the uh, over the break and, and re-establish that that connection with the fans, which I think is just a little bit fragile at the moment, that connection with the local community and look to rebuild and really re establish the rhinos of one of the powerhouses of uh of Super League. But um yeah, we're about to draw a veil over the season and um Let's hope that Rhinos can do some rebuild, uh, over the, uh, the break and come back into, uh, next, uh, the next round of Super League as, uh, as one of the, uh, of, of the powers of, uh, of the sport. Um, and we'll also, let's just very briefly talk about, uh, Yorkshire. Their latest game really was a bore draw, uh, Bernie, <laughs> um, uh, uh, against Glamorgan, uh, down at Sophia Gardens. I feel that they were probably playing on a similar wicket to that which, which Lancashire had been playing on all season at Old Trafford. Had Lancashire been playing at their outgrounds, the likes of Blackpool and Southport and Liverpool, then they would have won the championship this season at a counter. <laughs> um, um, they've been done by some absolute shirt fronters at Old Trafford. Uh, you've heard it here first. Lancashire must go and play at the Outgrounds from here on in. Is but that a bunch um, of straws I hear so you, you're holding <laughs> in your hand, Stuart? Absolutely not. We've got a fine squad, a fine squad of youngsters um, uh, destined to go places, uh, we, we, I think we fielded, we fielded five wicket, we fielded five wicket keepers on on regular occasions, and that doesn't include just Butler and Phil Salt, those two <laughs> well-known Lancastrians. I'll have you know. <laughs> uh, t- <laughs> But anyway, um, and we said goodbye to Dane Villas, who, who seriously has been a fantastic servant mm. for Lancashire for the last seven seasons. And uh, uh, fittingly, he made a century in his last game for Lancashire at Old Trafford, and uh, his first of the season. And uh, he goes with the uh, the best of warm wishes with uh, for every uh, Lancasterian uh, cricket uh, fan. That's for sure. But. Um, I've lost my thread now. What were we talking about? <laughs> Yorkshire. Get back to Yorkshire. Like. Yeah, the, the team that's bottom of the second division. That's the one. Uh, <laughs> um, let's not dwell on, uh, on a recent game, but uh, very quickly, very briefly, Bernard. I saw Matt Revis took five wickets. Um, yeah. how, how do you think Yorkshire are set for, for next season? Let's draw a line under this season. I mean, we couldn't do anything yeah, about the points deduction yeah. that's happened. But where, where, mm. where do you think they are?
2: Well, that, to be honest, that's still. I think it's been a bit disappointing. Well, it's been a lot disappointing this season, but even, even latterly. Um I, I had two days at Scarborough last week, which were thoroughly enjoyable. It was glorious weather, of course. And um, we, we saw some decent cricket. They um, <laughs> the, 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 the won the game in the end uh, comfortably against Derbyshire. But um, to be fair, Derbyshire didn't put up much opposition at all. And uh, as you say, this week's game at uh, at Cardiff has been, uh, uh, well, it it sounds as if it was a really flat pitch. But I think what uh, the concern on on both uh, those games, and I think it's applied for a little while now, is uh, the penetration of Yorkshire's bowling they They struggled for a while to break through the derbyshire uh, defenses they, they did eventually uh, Don Best got wickets in the first innings and uh, they, they, they they did see them off in the end but um I am a bit concerned about the bowling more so than the batting uh, which, which surprises me really because uh, Yorkshire have got some some good young bowlers I think that we 've covered this before and i won 't dwell on it, but the spin bowling department is uh, in a bit of chaos at the moment the this guy from Surrey um, um, uh, Moriarty, who uh, I'm nothing against him, I'm sure he's a decent player. I've seen him at but uh, and, and he looked okay. But I just wonder where they're going. There doesn't seem to be any plan with regard to bringing juniors on. they no sooner they get in the side and somebody else is brought in on top of them. There doesn't seem to be much continuity. We've seen Ben Cliff playing this week at Glamorgan, uh, a lad called Dom Leach, who um, had played a few games and did reasonably well. Uh, now, he might be injured for all I know, but uh, we haven't seen him for a couple of games. So I don't quite know where he's going under um, uh, Otis Gibson uh, at the moment. And I think it's a very important time for the young players at Yorkshire. They have got a lot of good young players uh, in the, the second eleven's uh, 11's done well and um, th- th- they will always have a good conveyor belt of, of young players. So even though these last two games are going to be uh, dead rubbers as far as the uh, league, League standards are concerned. Uh, They could be very, very important games indeed for some of these young players. And um, yeah, to answer your question, Stuart, I'm not quite sure how things are going to go next season. I think um, they need galvanising over the winter and uh, uh, a bit more of a pattern set, I think. There's too many random selections for Mm. me at the moment. So, uh, yeah, Mm. uh, a lot of work to be done over the winter.
0: We've, we've, we've got to get a move on, but Jim, there's just one point actually I, I think is, um, is worth mentioning. I don't know whether this has been picked up on previous podcasts, but, um, Surrey look as though, um, they're about to, um, to win the first division championship and they're very fortunate to do so only because Lancashire have been playing at Old Trafford. Um, but, um, th- they've, they played all, all season with a, with a five prong base attack. Um, I think, the spin bowling departments at Surrey, I, I don't know what it is now. I think uh, the likes of Verdi have had to go elsewhere to get uh, to get uh, game time. And uh, I saw a piece written by Chris Waters, I think it was actually the Yorkshire Post uh, that um, uh, sort of confirmed that I think Surrey have taken Surrey spinners have taken two wickets, I think this year Um uh, and I th- my concern is that if the champ- county championship continues to be bookended um, in spring and autumn, um, that really is not conducive to bringing on uh, spin bowlers generally. And you know, I, I think um, you, you, if if you, if you if the county championship is going to be played in spring and autumn, you've either got to have a really really top class seam attack. Um or you're gonna struggle, and Bernie made the point, you know, that um Yorkshire has struggled a bit in the spin bowling department, but they're not alone in that. Uh there, there are very few counties that uh, can boast, you know, some high class spinners. I see Mike Atherton's lad, Josh De Caris, has been picking up a, a, a few uh, wickets with his uh off spin at Middlesex. But um I, I think that the whole spinning issue is is a massive issue, Jim, I think.
1: I think that's absolutely right, Stuart. And I think, um, I think I read somewhere it said, well, this is the first year for I don't know how many, but there's been no county championship cricket in August. Um, yeah. and, uh, um, and of course one day cricket isn't, doesn't bring spinners on. It brings on people who can just fire it in at people's legs and concede six and over and occasionally pick a wicket up by somebody trying to hit it out of the ground and hit it down somebody's throat at, Deep, uh, deep, long on. Um, and it's a shame because um, although Yorkshire uh, are obviously bottom of the table because of the deductions, um, they've got a massive part to play in the last two matches in deciding who gets promoted. Because by coincidence, Bro- both Leicester and Worcester both have to play Durham and Yorkshire, um, so they're mm. going to play top and top and bottom. Um, and um, depending on how they get on, it could well be that Sussex will get in through the back door. Um, Sussex having beaten Leicester this year by uh, this week by fifteen runs when Leicester needed five hundred in the fourth innings and they got to four hundred and eighty five. Um sounded an absolute belter of a game, but because of that win, Sussex have put themselves right back in into a prominent position. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's a perennial debate about spinners, isn't it, Stuart? I mean, you were you yeah. were spinning yourself, so I I understand. And um, uh, and I remember standing next to a bloke at first slip. He said, "It's not getting wickets that's difficult. It's getting on." Um, and spinners <laughs> don't get on. Um, uh, no, it, it, and and that's that's the problem. Uh, if they're in the yeah. team, they still don't get on because yeah. um of, of the state of the match and the state of the pitch and the state of the weather.
0: Yeah. No, that's absolutely true. It's um you know it's um we certainly can't do that justice in uh, you know the few minutes that uh, we've had but uh, it, it 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 really does worry me. It really does worry me. But um anyway, well the the, the spin cupboard seems to be increasingly bare but um that's for another time. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Um we're, we're 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 briefly we're running out of time actually, so um let's move on quickly to sporting moment of the week, which in many ways is my favourite uh, uh, part of the program, last part of the program. If we can just limit this to uh, Jim, I'm really looking forward to what your sporting moment of the week might be. I have to tell you, uh, yesterday, sad man that I am, I listened to the uh, denouement of Sussex versus Leicester on, uh, on, on <laughs> BBC Sport online, <laughs> basically because I've got. I've I've got two very good mates who are Sussex supporters and are just dying for Leicestershire to get across the line. <laughs> with, uh, and we were texting each other because I, I really hope that Sussex don't get through the back door to play with the big boys next season. But, um, yeah, so we, we haven't got a lot of time and I'm taking up uh, most of it by wittering on. Uh, so let's uh, see if we can limit it to a couple of minutes apiece. Bernie, your sporting moments of the week.
2: Yeah, OK. Well, this uh, probably comes no surprise to anyone. I'm, uh, I'm sticking with cricket. Ben Stokes, 182 monumental innings in the 50-over match against New Zealand. 182 off 124 deliveries. And that's the highest individual score for England in 50-over cricket. What an achievement. I think the, uh, the white ball stuff uh, against New Zealand has come as something of an anticlimax after the Ashes. But uh, it, it's turned around a bit with, uh, with what Stokes has done. And... Um, He's uh, he, he he was regarded as one of the best players in the world for for several years, and I think that was uh, confirmed uh, in the uh, Henley 2019 Test match. And uh, he's certainly been up with the best in the world for a long time. But um, he's got this problem with the the bowling. For me, he needs to forget about the bowling, and well, he probably have to do it anyway for fitness reasons. He might get on occasionally. He's, he's very inspirational. He might take a valuable wicket from time to time. But if he, if he forgets about the bowling and um, concentrates on the batting, he's still got a massive future. He's only 32 years old. Despite everything he's done, he's still got many years left in front of him as uh, as a batter and as a captain. So if he um, if he continues as Test cricketer. With occasional outings when it's really important or when the timing is right for white stuff, then uh, he's got many years to go yet. So uh, well done, Ben Stokes. He's achieved yet another uh, uh, massive milestone, and uh, let's hope he carries on doing so for many years yet.
0: Fantastic, right? I'm going to go next because I, 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 you know, we've got to save, we've got to leave Jim to the end, haven't we? We've got to, we've got to do that. We've got to do that. So, so my sporting moment of the week. Um and uh, I think if uh, one of our regular contributors, uh, our colleague Tony Chalk, is listening from wherever he is in, uh, I think he's in an island somewhere in uh, in the Mediterranean. Um, uh, my, my, it's a tennis uh, moment of the week. Uh, Djokovic uh, equaled the number of uh, winning Grand Slams, uh, uh, Grand Slam titles, I think, at the US Open uh, last weekend. But um, uh, Coco Golf. Uh, 19-year-old black American won her first Grand Slam title uh, at Flushing Meadows on the Arthur Ashe courts last weekend. She beat Arena uh, Savalenka 2-6, 6-3, 6-2, 19 years old. She burst onto the tennis scene as a 15-year-old in 2019 at Wimbledon. Um, and... Uh, She's uh, she's been around uh, for for some time. She's been in the public uh, eye as a result since she was a 15 year old high school girl. And uh, I th- it was just fantastic that uh, to see her win uh, her home Grand Slam tournament at the weekend. Uh, she's been supported throughout by her parents. Uh, they seem they all seem a really grounded family. I thought her uh victory speech was absolutely fantastic mature beyond her years um she said um it's the first time she's ever seen a dad cry he thinks he's a hard man she said uh, which is fantastic um she's uh, she's really mature i think she's a real um uh, you know sort of um she a, a genuine role model i think uh, for uh, for young sports Men and women uh, coming through uh, she 's in the past she 's spoken really, really articulately about uh, racism in the u s and and gun crime she 's a really rounded young woman for, and she 's only nineteen, and um, I really do hope that she goes on to enjoy a fantastic career in tennis uh, and beyond. And I was just delighted to see her win her first Grand Slam title at the weekend. So my sporting moment of the week was Coco Gauff winning the US Women's Open title. Right, Jim, oh, off you
1: your, go. Very good. Well, and knowing you, I thought I ought to uh, try and find something a bit special. So I found a world championships um, and uh, this took place um, in East Grinstead of all places. Uh, last weekend it was over two days um and it commemorated uh, 50 years of this organization and this organization is of course the BLMRI which stands for the British Lawn Mower Racing Association who <laughs> held their world championships uh, this uh, this weekend now um just a, a quick bit of history um, this organisation was founded at the Cricketers' Arms Wisborough Green in West Sussex. Um, it's a national organisation um, and up here uh, there have been events at Garford, Sherburn in Elbert, Huddersfield, Halifax and over the Coronation weekend there was even one in Thornton Hall, Country Park, Thornton in Craven. Um, quick uh, introduction to the rules um, There's four groups. Uh, group one is the lawnmower as you know it, uh, with an engine, obviously, and you can modify this. Uh, the only criteria being you've got to run behind it and therefore uh, you've got to run, run after it. So you, no point in modifying it um, too much, because if you do, you won't get very far because you won't be able to keep up with it. Um, group two, um, you will recognise this is this is the sort of mower that you use for mowing the uh, cricket pitch. Um, so it's, uh, it's a cylinder driven thing again. Um, and the only modification here is it has a seat on the back that you can, you can sit on. So that's, that's group two. Now group three, um, is, um, this is a, a four wheel, four wheeled lawn mower. Um, um, and these for, oh, these are for domestic lawns, not not uh, game fields, golf courses, um, or things like uh, things like that. these are just a a, 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 a literally a sit on sit on lawn mower um, with a wheel in each corner, and obviously um, um, you can get an engine up to an eighteen horsepower if you want no bonnet or anything like that and then group four, which is the pièce de resistance, uh, is for four wheel driven lawn tractors. So these are, these have got a bonnet on them and look like the proverbial quad bikes really, except they are designed for, um, for four wheel, uh, um, four wheel drive, um, and they have to be, be lawnmowers. So they're the basically the four groups, uh, world championships, um, consists of groups two, three and four. It's raced over two days, uh, and they, uh, ra- have 15 races on the first day, 15 races on the second day. Um, And at the end of it, uh, you get um, you get a winner. Um, And then the three winners of the three groups actually take part in a race of champions. This is quite interesting, Um, because um, who would you think would win a race of champions between the cricket pitch mower, the, um, the, the sit on lawn mower and the lawn tractor? There you go, I'll give you a guess each.
0: Well, this is a tortoise and the hare, isn't it? So, it'll be the first one. I'll, I'll say the sit-on mower.
1: It's the, yeah. it's, no, it's the cricket pitch. It is the, it is the cricket pitch mower that, that (laughs) that's one. And, um, these here are about 50 mile an hour. So these things (laughs) are geared up to go. It's designed as a cross between, um, motocross, karting and F1. Um, and, um, uh, the chap that uh, that won this uh, Champion of Champions race covered the six laps in two minutes forty four seconds, and his fastest <laughs> lap was twenty seven <laughs> seconds. So,
2: Jim, uh, what, Jim I've got a question for you. Since you've studied the rules to to such a degree, yes, can can these mowers just whizz along anywhere they want with, uh, as, as fast as they can, or do they actually have
1: to cut the grass? Ah. Um, uh. Uh, they do have to cut. Apart from the one where you run behind it, because there they <laughs> cover the blades up to prevent uh, prevent an accident. But uh, but the um, uh, but the others are designed. Um, uh, 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 um, the, the others have to have yeah a rotary blade cutting deck will be suspended yeah. between the chassis and the front and rear wheels. So I don't think they're actually not- able to cut the grass, but they do actually have to have. The the mechanism for for doing the cutting, shall we say? Good, um, good, good so, answer, Jim. Um, What's
2: your ability? but it's a good answer.
1: So who? So, um, so so there's um, there's there's a new sport for you. Um, really,
0: Jim. What a great end to this uh, to the sports shuttle that was. You uh, you never fail to disappoint. I have to say, beat that, as they say. Anyway. Um, I I I'm pretty sure we might have to edit this edition of the of the sports Huddle to get it within the, the hour that uh, No that, that that'll definitely stay in that that's absolutely fantastic Jim thank you very much for that right okay uh, without further ado um uh, thank you very much uh, for listening. Thank you very much to, to Bernie and to Jim for your contributions, for, for helping me through the presentation of this, uh, this particular edition of the sports So it's been an absolute blast uh, and it only remains for me to say uh, thank you for listening and particularly for our listeners in the least hospital, um, least hospitals, uh, please do get better uh, as soon as you can. We wish you uh, a, a speed of recovery and most importantly uh, a speed of return to uh, uh, to your friends and family and without further ado that's it bid you farewell and uh, till the next time so long